Support for this podcast comes from Diverse Refund. Diverse Refund is an investment platform that allows everyday Americans the opportunity to invest directly into commercial real estate deals. With the goal to help close the wealth gap and enable all Americans the ability to achieve financial freedom, go to www.diversryfund.com. That's D I V E R S Y F U N D.com. Now back into the show. Biggest issue we find with most business owners, and when I say most, 90 plus percent, mm-hmm. is that they don't understand that there's a secret underwriting criteria that all, all lenders have, all creditors have, okay? And most credit is approved online. You know, you do applications online all the time. You sure. know, apply for credit card, whatever. It's all, most applications are now online. So obviously no one's looking at your application. It's all artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. They have a secret set of rules that are built into that that makes an instant decision on whether to approve you or not. And if you know those rules, you can get approved. <laughs> we know those rules. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reid Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Stephen Weibel. Stephen is a Marine Corps veteran with a deep background in real estate investing sales, flipping, property management, print manufacturing, and building and obtaining business credit. He has founded and led multiple successful companies, and at one point, he had over 300 rental properties in his portfolio. Today, he is the Director of the Business and Development for Credit Suite Incorporated, the recognized leader in teaching business owners how to build business credit that isn't tied to your social social security number. I'm really pumped and excited to have him on the show to share his incredible story and his incredible background, but enough out of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, Steve. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Hey, Reed. I'm wonderful, man. How are you today? I'm better for having you on the show. I, I love. Oh. <laughs> I, I, we'll just talk a little bit in the green room, mate. And I know we're going to have a pretty good show here today because I can feel your energy through the camera, through the internet. So, um, looking awesome. forward to getting into it, mate. But uh, without further ado, um, tell me. Uh, rewind the clock. Tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid. My first ever dollar. Wow. Um, I'm old school. So you know, I grew up in South Jersey, uh, in the Philadelphia area, and I, my brothers and I, and there was five or four brothers and a sister. We were all about the money at a very young age. So I started off, I think my first dollar was carrying groceries for the old woman across the street. (laughs) And I think I was eight and obviously she was being sweet to me. Um, But my first where I feel like I really earned it was we couldn't wait for it to snow. The minute it snowed, we grabbed our shovels and that's it. We were gone from seven o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night. Wow. We would just go out and shovel walks. And then when the summer came, we'd cut grass. We'd borrow my dad's lawnmower, go get the go walk to the gas station, get gas. And that's that's why I never understand or I do not understand today. And I get everybody's all about being inside in video games and videos and YouTube and all that. But and I was out there. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was out there making money. If I needed something, my parents didn't buy it. I had to buy it myself. Yep. No, I love it. And I think that's a lot of why I asked that question because I can weed out the people who are, who, who are grinders, you know, roll up the sleeves, are willing to get a little bit of dirt under the nails in order to get that, you know, to, to point B. And, and, and you know, similar to myself, I, I remember cutting, cutting the, the grass and washing cars and doing anything I could to, to get five bucks. I'm, I'm maybe not as old as you, but I, I definitely understand the value of a dollar. And that's the point of that question. Well, the, the worst part was because I was the oldest brother, I would leverage that and be like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. And we'll split everything. Everything 70 30. <laughs> 70 to me, 30 to you, right? You got it. <laughs> I'm bringing the business. I need a, I need a tax on that for my brother. Exactly. My mom used to always tell me she was the youngest, and uh, her older brother would tell her that on an, with an ice cream that she, he, to, to save it from falling off onto the sidewalk. She need, he needed to lick the ice cream down so it was flat with a cone. And for many years, she she thought that was he was being really nice, but he's just eating her entire ice cream. So I think that's pretty bloody funny. Um, <laughs> that is fun. Similar similar story, mate. But but let's let's walk get into your background. Um, I know in the green room before we press record, you have an incredible story. So you made your first ever dollar as a kid. Walk us through the journey between then and now, and and, and what you've been up to. Wow. Um, okay. You know, let's, let's just let the audience know I'm old. I'm in my fifties. So, so it's, it's a bit of a journey. I'll try and go as quickly as I can, but sure. so, uh, my father was in the printing business. He had a job running, uh, running a press for another company, but he also was uh, an entrepreneur. So he had set up a printing business in our basement. Now, if I think back, I think, man, if the EPA had ever found out with all those chemicals in the basement <laughs> coming up through the floorboards, but you know, that's what he did. He made sure he earned enough money for our family. He worked 20 hours a day. God bless him. So I learned my work ethic from him. That was the first. I watched what he did. Uh, and he didn't believe in free rides. So he would have us in the basement cleaning rollers with solvents. Uh, eventually, I learned how to do uh, typesetting. I'm talking old school typesetting, not like what you see with a keyboard, like put in the type, you know, <laughs> spell out each word. Uh, and then eventually, I learned to use a camera to, to do the negatives that you could apply to play. So I learned all the aspects of the printing industry. This is in my young teens, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15. Um, then he ended up opening a bookstore while doing that, and I ended up working in that. So I kind of I got a feel for the entrepreneurial spirit. My father was never one to sit still. Still isn't. He's 70 plus years old. He still just sold a pool company. He's trying to think of something else to do. <laughs> So I'm working for my father. His printing company became big, left our basement. Uh, we were doing really well. And I think him and I got in an argument over something stupid. Who knows what it was? Because we would go to work at 7 in the morning, get done, go home, eat dinner, come back, go to work till 9 o'clock at night, then go home, get up the next day and do it again. And him and I got in an argument. I, I don't even remember what it, it was. not important. But I decided I've had enough of your junk. I'm going to go where they appreciate me. And I walked into the Marine Corps recruiting office. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want his discipline. I wanted somebody else's discipline. Right, right, right. So I joined the Marine Corps. I go home that evening. Uh, my dad's at the table and he says, hey, listen, you know, let's just you know, forget all that. Let's get you know, back to work tomorrow. I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> so off I went, did my thing. What I learned uh, being in the military, well, you learn a lot. And I'm only going to talk about what drove me. Um, you learn the discipline. You learn all kinds of great things. But what I learned was I can't work for 300 bucks a week. Right. Just not going to do it. And I certainly can't do busy work just to do busy work. And there's a whole lot of that going on in the military. Uh, and that's during a downtime, not during a wartime. So when it was time to re-up, I was offered an opportunity to re-up. And I, being the egomaniac I was, I remember saying to the CEO, now my office is going to be bigger than yours in about six months. <laughs> so I go, I, I get out, I go home. Hey, mom, dad, I'm home. Dad, I'd like to come back to work for you. Sorry, Steve, we replaced you. I can't fire somebody because of you. They're doing your job. I said, well, I have a suit. Lend me your car. Let's see if I can go out and sell. Never sold anything in my life. And I doubled the business the first year. Wow. And then it got to the point where my sales were greater than the company. And I didn't understand business at all about financing growth. So I was basically putting my father out of business, not knowing it. And it's my, I actually take responsibility for it now. Uh, I was selling jobs for a hundred thousand where the paper was 50 grand and we were only doing 50,000 a month. So it it just didn't correlate Mm because you had to front that, those costs. So I, I decided, or we decided that I was going to go out on my own and I went out on my own and I picked up a partner and we built that company up and we sold it. You know, enough said for that. We ended up building it up. We were doing really well. My son who is in his thirties now was eight at the time. 
and I brought home a Mac. And back then, Macs were like 10 grand, <laughs> you know? So, and he's playing with Photoshop and he's doing things that I was charging people five grand for and he's doing them in like 10 minutes. And he's eight because he's an artist. And to this day, he's still an unbelievable artist. And I said to my partner, we're out of business. This, if he can do this now, what's going to look like 10 years from now? Right. So we sold the company. The company that bought us is now out of business, bankrupt. Wow. So we dodged a bullet. I was a really, I made two good decisions in my life. First was my wife. This one was my second, selling that company. <laughs> so now I have uh, some funds, not enough, but some, and a non-compete. So what do you do? So I looked around, called my brother, my younger brother, and he had owned a couple of rental properties in Camden. I said, you know, let's get together. Show me what you're doing. And he showed me, and being the big picture guy that I am, I went, that's nice. You're doing one here. Let's scale this. Let's, let's, let's buy a bunch of them all at once. So our first deal was 37 properties. Wow. Uh, had no idea where I was going to get the money to buy them. Put down the deposit and then said, okay, now we got 30 days to come up with a half million dollars because they were cheap. They mm -hmm. were small, you know, inner city properties. Uh, we not only came up with the money, we got paid 150,000 at closing. That nice. was our first deal. Nice. Yeah, I got lucky. I just, but you know, putting the effort in, researching, you know, doing what we had to do. Uh, took that, scaled that up to 300 and I used business credit. We could dive into that in a little bit. Uh, was doing really well. My wife asked me to quit in 06, I believe, 05 or 06. She said, hey, stop. We got enough coming in. We got all the rentals, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, and I don't care about your politics because this isn't a political statement, but in my area, Donald Trump was the man when it came to real estate, right? right? That's how you, I wanted to be that. So I just kept leveraging and leveraging and leveraging and no way came and you can imagine what happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it all came crumbling down. Now, at the same time, I had also, because I saw different streams of revenue, I had property management, construction. Uh, the one thing I felt I was missing was real, being a real estate agent. Because you wanted to be careful. You, as a licensed agent, you have to disclose the property value. Yep. So I avoided that like the plague, but it didn't mean my brother couldn't be a real estate agent mm. or my other brother or my other brother. So I had them all get their license. And then eventually I got to the point where I was going on almost the appoint, all the appointments to put offers on properties. And I started realizing I was leaving hundreds of thousand dollars on the table because they liked me. So I had to be the one to list the property. So I got my license. It didn't really affect, we would tell people their real value. We, we wouldn't lie to them. Uh, and I ended up building up. I was one of the top five REMAX teams in the state of New Jersey. And now, this is my first year. <laughs> and this uh, is after you've done all your properties, right? You, you right, after. Yeah, it wasn't about me. It was just, I was advertising. Look, I, I'll give you a real quick funny story because I didn't know anything about marketing. I really didn't. I understood print manufacturing and I dealt with advertising agencies, but I didn't really understand marketing. So I sat down with my brother and my father one day and said, look, we need to get more leads. These bandit signs are okay. I got my truck wrapped and I buy houses. That's okay. We have a website. Who cares? Um, how are we going to get the, our phone to ring? Hmm. So we did the whole traditional yellow pages. Worked okay. Way too expensive. So I said, I said, you know what? who's our avatar? Who are we looking for? Well, we're looking for people who are, are, are desperate to sell their home. They can't afford it. If they've inherited it for whatever reason that they're desperate to sell their home, uh, that's who we need. Okay. So what's the number one avatar of people who are desperate to sell their home? Unemployed people, people have lost their jobs. They can't afford the home anymore. All right. What do unemployed people do during the day? If they're not looking for a job, we figured out they were watching judge Judy. Mm. So we ran ads on Judge Judy. Interesting. Spent, I think, 10 grand a month. I literally had to have 20 phones installed, bring in part-time people for every time our ad ran. The phones would just light up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we ended up with, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of property you know, opportunities. And that's how we ended up. We got licensed in Philadelphia, New Jersey, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, my wife tells me to stop. I don't listen because I'm a genius. <laughs> And the market crashes. Now, what most people may not be aware of is, especially if you deal with Section 8, which I did, because mm -hmm. uh, we we're doing a lot of inner city, they have what's called FMR, fair market yep. rent. Uh, I was unaware of that. I just thought that meant that, hey, I'm going to get the best price I can for my property. I, did, I wasn't aware that a government contract is a one-way contract. You're obligated. They're not. So in the middle of this whole drop, uh, and I'm borrowing money to keep the business going against my homes. They suddenly take my rents from eight, nine, and a thousand down to two, three, and four hundred a month. Wow. wow! So I go from making X amount per month times three hundred to losing a hundred to two hundred per property times three hundred. 
do the math. Yep. Yep. It was all gone. It didn't take long. And I thought I'd ride it out. I'm like, well, it's got to end soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I made it about a year and a half. So my real estate and the real issue was my real estate business, which was supporting, when I say real estate, my real estate agent business, because I had five agents working for me. Um, that was supporting my investment business because that was upside down. Well, I couldn't churn it fast enough because once that market went down, then you know the whole national market went down. It just, it was like a snowball. And as I was going in to list people's homes, they would say, well, your competitor was in and they said to me, why would you list with him? He couldn't sell his 300 homes that he has. <laughs> Brilliant. I would have done the same thing. But obviously you can imagine how that affected my listing ability. Yep. Yep. I, suddenly I wasn't getting any listings. It's just, you know, you know how when things go bad, they go bad. Mm -hmm. So we decided we were going to relocate to Florida because now I was fairly well known. I was on the news a lot. I was like the real estate guru, quote unquote. Uh, now I'm embarrassed, <laughs> completely embarrassed. Uh, I make a deal with most banks, give them back all the properties if they keep the tents in place for up to one year, blah. You know, I did the right thing. Right. Moved to Florida, get my license, and now I just hate real estate. I mean, I just hate it. <laughs> you know, you get bit by a snake enough times, you just don't want to go into that basket again. Yeah, yep. But I'm doing it because I know it. And I'm doing okay. And in Florida, and those of you who aren't from Florida may or may not be familiar with this, when a hurricane is in the box, which we currently have, uh, they, there's no insurance. Nobody will write insurance. So once it gets into that triangle, which is pretty much right before it hits the, the, the Bahamas and whatnot, uh, that's it. All insurance shuts down. So there's no closings, mm. right? You yep. can't insure your property. So a couple of years ago, we had like seven in a row. And they didn't, none of them hit, I think one hit us, a major one hit us, but all the other six didn't hit us, but they were out there for a long time. And then they returned. So I can't have a closing. And then we can't have another closing. And then I went three and a half months without a closing. Wow. Uh, three and a half months when you're not making a lot, I was making six figures, but six figures today is not what it used to be. Mm. Um, I couldn't survive. So, I'm, so now the last hurricane I'm evacuated. We live on the Gulf of Mexico. I get evacuated. I go to one of my Marine Corps buddies houses because we're Marines. We take care of each other 30 years later and I'm sitting on his bed and I'm just frustrated because I'm like, man, it's another month. I'm not going to get any closings. I've had people call me saying I'm never moving to Tampa, cancel my contract. Like it's just, it's right. ugly. Right. And I'm trying to keep my chin up. It's not easy. So I go into Craigslist. I'd never really been on Craigslist. Really. I'm like help wanted. And I see this ad for this company, Credit Suite. And I'm like, what is this Credit Suite? What is, and I'm reading and I'm going, oh my God, this is something I used in real estate to leverage and didn't realize that it was, this is something you could teach people. It just, mm -hmm. it worked out for me by luck. Mm -hmm. So I read further and further into it. I go, I say, you know what? I got to apply for this company. And they want somebody in sales. I figure I can handle that. All right. So I put my application in. I get a call. Step one's good. I get an interview. That's good. I don't get the call back. <laughs> But I call every day for 30 days, every single day. They don't even tell me they hired somebody else. <laughs> so uh, anyway, 30 days later, I get a phone call from the company. And they said, listen, the person we hired didn't work out. We'd like to have you come in. Wow. So I get in, do really well. I believe in the product because what it did for me. Uh, not that this product did it, but the, the philosophy, mm -hmm. the, credit, the, the business credit not tied to me personally worked for me. Doing really well. And then the CEO asked me, what do you want to do? Because I know your, your sales is probably like beneath what you're I said, I want your job. <laughs> right? <laughs> I want your job. I said, what do you mean? I said, I don't want to be CEO, but I'd rather be the face. Mm -hmm. I want to be out talking about it. I have a story that I believe in. This works. I believe that. Let's spread it. So here I am. Nice. Now I'm the head of biz dev. I speak live on stage. I do podcasts, obviously. Right. Uh, I do webinars. Uh, I'm out spreading the word. I mean, we, we've got what, six. I'm looking at my board right now. We've got. 12 events lined up with between 300 and a thousand people to get to hear about business credit. Right. And I love it. I absolutely, and here's what's great about this whole sad, sad story. You know, I made millions, lost millions. Who cares? That's money. But I never did what I loved all those years. I wasn't doing anything that I loved to do. I did my very first webinar. I went, Whoa, this is what I want to do. Obviously, I love to talk, <laughs> right? I, I just love the sound of my voice. So I went, but I want to teach too. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I'm a teacher. By no stretch of the imagination, I considered a teacher. Um, that wasn't my calling. But man, profit's probably a better word, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
I just love to talk. I, I got up on stage the very first time and I thought I'd have jitters, had none. So here I am in mid fifties. I finally figured out what I want to do for a living. That's awesome. That's, and now here we are. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, that's an incredible story because there's so many little tidbits in there that from your father to going to the Marine Corps and that whole dichotomy of I know best as a young kid to screw dad getting out and I'm, and we're coming back and you know the what's what's the saying um uh, the prodigal son returns you know and hey hey man can i get a job back get in the car get in a suit just figuring it out and, and then obviously you know fight fa- failing forward and um it's, it's interesting you mentioned camden new jersey because i actually bought a few properties in point breeze philadelphia and i flipped them uh, a couple of years back didn't didn't do that great on them but did okay it was uh it's an interesting part of the world down there particularly philly it's very block by block and if you don't, if you've never been to a block by block city, you won't know what the hell I'm talking about. But when you do go there, it's just like, wow, I can see what he's talking about. Oh, but- it's even it's it's even more interesting. I had I'm I'm told you I'm buying a house now. Yep. Right. Finally, putting my foot back in the water, and they pulled title. Mm-hmm. Right. And the mortgage company says, hey, hey, explain these three foreclosures to us. I'm like, foreclosures? I haven't had a foreclosure since 2008. What are you talking about? That's there's nothing on my credit report. The bank had left that I I offered them all back. Right? The bank must not have filed the deed on three of them. They decided we don't even want them. Hmm. I've owned these properties for the last 10 years and didn't even know it. They're mailing the tax bill to the property. It's a border. I could have been written them out. <laughs> I could have or sold them at least, right? right? They were leased all interest in it. I just found this out. Wow. They wow. sold them at a tax sale for like five grand, 10 grand, whatever. I said to my wife, man, we could have been getting 500 to 700 a month times three for the last 10 years. <laughs> uh, so that's a lesson learned there. And I say that I bring this up for a reason. Because if you ever hit a downturn, just because the bank threatens foreclosure and they agree and they decide, hey, we're going to take the property back, they may not. Mm-hmm. They can go look at it and decide, you know, it's not worth our effort or money to even take this property. Right, right. Because they're, not, the, they're not in the business of housing, right? They're in the business right. of lending. So right. So I learned that lesson. Right. I went, wow, I could have, you know, could have been. I would have been living in any of them because I could. Some of the neighborhoods weren't great, but, <laughs> uh, anyhow, but over ten yeah, years, man, they would have they would have been gentrifying a little bit right now. They are uh, one of them right now is probably worth one hundred thirty thousand, and the banks, not the bank, the sheriff's sale sold it for sixty five hundred. Wow, wow! And wow. it was only a two story, simple little row. I could have got it and rehabbed that for twenty five grand, thirty right. grand. Right, but eh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Spilt milk and all that. Exactly, exactly. Well, mate, look, I want to get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts because your story is really incredible, and I, th- I think it's it's really inspiring for a lot of people to hear the struggles, right? The the the, the common struggles that that you know people go through. They they they're, they're bouncing from pillar to post, and they're just trying to figure it out. And I think your story really illustrates the ups and downs that you've been through, but also you've got your scars, you've got your, you know, the, the knuckles are, are pretty hardened right now because you've had, you've had, the, you've had, you've been, you've been around the block a few times and maybe a few times more. So um, I do want to get into, you know, uh, what you do now. And, and I think one thing you, you hit the nail on the head, I'm going to summarize it at the end of the show, but you've never you never did what you love until now and that's you know being the face of a company being out there educating people being a thought leader and so um you know let's let's get into to what you do right now and and, and that is building credit with businesses and not having it tied to your social security number so do you want me to like break it down a little bit and 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 what exactly is business credit because when i first moved to the united states i was told you need an llc you need to be open for two years and then you can have some credit uh, and that is a exactly what lenders and creditors will tell you in order for you to not get any credit. Right. That's their little blockade because they know we as a, we as human beings in America, we've been trained when we see a blank form, we try to fill in as much as possible. And that's why the very first thing you see is social security number. Right. Right. They want you to, they know we're trained to fill that in. Uh, matter of fact, it's worse than that. They don't even train their people, their employees to take an application without the credit without the social security number on there. Yet, if you force their hand, they'll run it and it comes back and they're like, wait a minute, you're approved for 20,000. <laughs> how, how did you do this? The employees don't know. Right. Intentional. Look, business credit's been around forever. No, credit Suite didn't invent business credit. As a matter of fact, the number one retailer in the world, and I'm not talking Amazon, I said retailer, storefront, mm-hmm. is Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart's entire business model, entire business model is built on business credit. Interesting. They don't pay for what you buy from them until after you've bought it. Hmm. So, 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 so but, but, but 
credit, right? Like I didn't even know what the word credit was, even personal credit when I first moved to the United States. Because in Australia, it's not called credit, it's called something else. You know, it's a, and, and it's such an interesting looking back about how would I go get, you know, you have a score, but it wasn't called a credit score. So if you have a business and it's just literally started, what what are they, what's the, what are they looking at? What are they, what can, how do they know that you're going to pay the debt back in a timely manner? That's a great question. Biggest issue we find with most business owners, and when I say most, 90 plus percent, mm-hmm. is that they don't understand that there's a secret underwriting criteria that all, all lenders have, all creditors have, okay? And most credit is approved online. You know, you do applications online all the time. You sure. apply for credit card, whatever. It's all, most applications are now online. So obviously no one's looking at your application. It's all artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. They have a secret set of rules that are built into that that makes an instant decision on whether to approve you or not. And if you know those rules, you can get approved. We know those rules. The first thing they're going to look at is your credibility because the number one thing that banks are worried about is fraud. Yep. Obviously, in the day of information, it's real easy to, to, to commit fraud. So they have to build in these, these uh, safety nets to make sure that you're not fraudulent. They're pretty basic, but it's amazing as business owners, we don't follow them. Give me an example. If you don't mind, mm-hmm. no. This is I'm an engineer, mate. Like, get into the get into the weeds. All right, all right. So here's the nitty gritty. So if I ask most business owners for their phone number, what do you think they're going to give me? Cell phone. You got it. Yep. Because they're attached to us. That's the yep. number. That's how we reach the world, right? Well, I don't know about Australia, but in America, we've always had this national 411 database for business owners. Back in my mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. when you picked up the phone and dialed, <laughs> literally dialed. <laughs> 411, you would ask for Joe's Pizza Got on Main it. Street or, okay. or whatever, Tom's Hardware, and they would connect you to that number because they were a business owner. They were listed in the 41 database, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um, that was part of the deal. Well, that database still exists, and it's the very first thing that lenders check. But you know what you can't list at the National 411 database? Your cell phone. You got it. Mm-hmm. You need to have a legitimate phone. I can hear your audience panicking out there right now. <laughs> Where's my landline? Where's my landline? I don't have a landline. What are you talking about? So here's what you could do to solve that very first problem. You can get what's called a virtual phone number. Yep. Now, that's not going to shock anybody because everybody's heard of Google phone. What I like to say to people is a Google phone is the right street going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. All right. Google, Google owns that phone number. You do not. Mm. So you're not even renting it from them. It's free. Yep. Right. So you cannot list that with the National 401 database because it would have to be listed as Google. Right. Right. However, you can go to somebody like, and we've all heard of these companies, Ring Central, Grasshopper, places like that. You can rent a phone number from them. It's a virtual phone. It will forward to your cell phone. As a matter of fact, don't only just rent a number, get an 800 number as well. Uh, and then that number is listable with the National 401 database. So then the next question I always get is, how do I do that? Well, you can Google that up or we can do it for you for free if you end up reaching out to us. That's that's something we take care of. But that's your very first thing that most business owners fail. Mm. Very first thing. Now, think about it. They have a series of 12 checks. This is check one. Mm. They've just lost 80% of applicants right there. Right. Because they put the, their cell phone number on them, right? They, they always do. They'll put mm. their phone number, their cell phone number, and then next to cell phone, they'll put their cell phone number. <laughs> right? So I do they that won't have, for, for sure. Yeah. We all do it. Uh, look, I still have a Google number. I know it's wrong, but I've had it for so long. It was on all my real estate signs. Right, right. Um, I still have it. So that's the first thing. And there's, a, imagine there's 12 to 14 of these steps that they check. Uh, the other thing, especially real estate investors fail here, especially real estate investors. As a real estate investor, especially as a landlord, the one thing you never want to do is give away your address. Mm. You don't want tenants showing up at your home. Right. Right. You don't want a Saturday afternoon having a tenant show up with a toilet in their hand. Like, you didn't fix my toilet. Right. Uh, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm kidding, but that those type of things can happen. So what most investors do is they get a, a P.O. box or a UPS box yep. or some, some way to hide who they are. That, in theory, is great because it protects them from their tenants, but it literally destroys their opportunities to get a loan. Hmm. Destroys it. They can still accomplish both using something called a virtual office. Yep. Okay. So it's the same idea, but it's a legitimate building. There are legitimate offices in there. It is not a UPS box. It is not a PO box. That's an automatic denial. And think about it. I I always like to turn the story and go, okay, hey, Reed, I want to borrow 50,000 from you. Mm -hmm. And you go, you know, Steve, you got decent credit. Okay. um, Give me your, all your information. And I put down PO box for my address. 
and then I put down a cell phone that's a throwaway. Would you loan me that money? Well, the, the thing you you asked that, but in Australia, PO boxes are so common. I remember my dad had a PO box for years, even though we lived at a physical address, and I never knew why. Actually, I'm probably going to ask him when I when I speak to him next. But oh, he was protecting his family. Well, I, that but all or, or it was a um, you know a tide over from from a yesteryear. But I always right. remember as a kid. We'd, we'd stop off at the post box, you know, and, and you go into after hours, you use your key and you get into the little black box and it opens. There's, there's, there's a thousand of them on the wall and you you got a little letter in there. Oh, come and pick up some larger packages. And I was like, why, why don't, why? now he doesn't use it, but it's just, it was, yeah, from a very young age, you always had a PO box. So back to your question. Yeah, it would give me pause, but not, but also give my background. I'm like, well, that's just normal. You got a PO box. Yeah, <laughs> give it your background. Right. And, and, and you know what? Uh, con artists count exactly on that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> because uh, if you look in history, most of those type of cons, especially with senior citizens, you're mailing to a PO box. Got it. Got right. It. Yep. So, so we, we, and banks are aware of this. And it's their rules. So we still mm-hmm. have to follow their rules. Mm-hmm. So they do not want to see that. So you want to get a virtual office or you can even use your home address. Again, I understand that 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 investors don't want to do that. And keep in mind that business reports, you know, I can pull like, I can't pull your personal credit report. It's impossible for me to do. All the protections that are there to make sure I can't do that. But business credit reports are public information. Hmm. I can pay Dun & Bradstreet, they're $149 and pull your report and talk to you about it right now. And you'd have no say over it. Right. The problem is, not only get do I get to see how you pay your bills, I get to see a picture of your office. Mm. Well, do you really want your house out there? You want a picture of your house on, right. a, on a report that anybody can find? Right. Interesting. Probably not. Yep. Probably not. So uh, you don't want crazy customers coming to your house, you know, whatever. So, so we recommend a virtual office because then it's going to have a picture of this beautiful glass building. You know, it's not. It, it's just going to look more professional. Yep. Right, so there's there's the second reason people fail. This one's going to blow your mind. And I'm not going to dive into all 12. I, yeah, I like right, to give right. away a little bit of free information. Um, <laughs> when I ask them for their website or their email address, they'll give this out. StephenBuysHomes at gmail.com. Right? Yep. I get it all the time. Yep. Uh, the problem with that is you look about as legitimate as I can register Stephen Buys Homes right now on Gmail. Mm-hmm. If it's available, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What you need and what they're looking for is info at stephenbuyshomes.com. Right. Yep. Yep. The you info. want a professional email and you better have a corresponding website address to go with it. Sure. And even if it's only one page, I don't care because the artificial intelligence scans that. You yep. need to have a, an active website. So that's probably the biggest one. And Reed, you'd be shocked at what I get. Party do 2000 at yahoo.com. I mean, come on. I don't yeah. pay my bills at gmail.com. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just insanity. Yep. Um, you need to be, and you know what's funny? I make fun of those, but more prevalent is exactly what I talked about. Stevens business at gmail.com. Mm. Yeah. I because it's so easy, lot. right? It's just, a, it's, it's people being lazy. That's what I, it, yes. when, when I see someone's, you know, card and just, we buy houses, read buys houses at gmail.com. Like you're just lazy to don't spend freaking 400 bucks on wix.com and create a website, you know, or force, uh, force whatever it's Squarespace. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's and, a and ironically, if you're a Gmail and I'm a Gmail person, I still have my ready for this. I don't want to say it public. It's blank, blank, blank sells homes at gmail.com. Yep. We'll have that. But we have a G Suite. Yes. So info at creditsuite.com, you can always forward it to your personal yeah, Gmail That's exactly account. what I've got. I've got my personal one, which is you know, readgoosens at gmail.com. Now, don't freaking send me shit. But I've got also info at readgoosens.com. I've got read at rsmpropertygroup.com. I've got read at wildhorncap.com. You know, all these ones connected to my business is because that's you know my actual personal one. really just for personal. My, my, my parents email, my sister emails me, right. you know. On the other stuff, it's all it's all on the business side. So, um, exactly. so, so, so just so to summarize, are- it's it's physical address or virtual office. You know, don't use PO box because you look like an idiot. Um, having a, a Ring Central number, not a Google owned number, and then having making sure that you have a, a, an info at xyzbusiness.com, right? That, that's right. Sort of and the it basics. doesn't necessarily have to be Ring Central. You're right. um, there are lots of virtual phone numbers out there. I'm not here to promote Ring Central. Sure. The reason I bring them up first is because with them. You can get an 800 number and a fax number, which people are like, what the hell do I need a fax number for? <laughs> uh, well, banks still use them. 
Yeah, so weird. So yeah, so you can get just it's just forwards to your email anyway. It's a digital fax, but they banks use them. They need a original documentation. And and a lot of these, you know, just to let other people know that a lot of these virtual offices do have packages where that you give you get the whole thing for 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 a flat fee a month. So, you know, if someone's listening to this and oh, I don't want to have to do three. You told me three, four different things. You know, there are virtual offices that do it all. So don't don't be afraid of that sort of stuff. Absolutely, I will give this warning that if you outgrow the virtual and you actually decide to have your own office, and mm-hmm. I did, I had, as, as a real estate investor, I showed you a picture of the corner of the building. Right. Um, everything needs to be congruent. And this is real how it's going to end that part of the thing. Across the internet, all of your information needs to match. Mm. So if you change, you leave that virtual office and decide to open your own building because you made a great investment, but let's say a storefront with four apartments, uh, and you want to use the last storefront as your office, you're not going to be able to take that phone number with you. That's the virtual office's phone number. Right, right. So you're not going to be able to take this. Now you have to go get another number, which means you have to go back to the IRS, to the Secretary of State, <laughs> to anywhere where you have a license, if your state requires licensing for maybe you're an agent or whatever. And you've got to change all that information, all, every website out there that has that phone number. So you've got to think about this because nobody's in business to stay stagnant. We all want to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So you have to think what's going to happen when I grow. G'day, guys. I want to interrupt today's episode as I'd like to take a moment to thank our wonderful sponsors. Without their continued support, we would not be able to bring you the most cracking real estate investment tips to help you be successful week in, week out. This month, we have partnered with a cracking, innovative peer-to-peer investment platform called Diversary Fund. At Diversary Fund, their goal is to reduce the wealth gap and enable everyday Americans the ability to achieve financial freedom by investing directly into commercial real estate deals, specifically value-add multifamily. Now, the thing that sets Diversary Fund apart from other peer-to-peer investment platforms is that they offer high-quality investment opportunities without the usual cost of entry. You can invest with Diversary Fund for as little as 500 bucks. That is it, $500. And, and the best part is that you are investing alongside operators who are the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? Start investing today and get access to the deals that historically have only been available to the top 1%. Go to diversaryfund.com. That's D-I-V-E-R-S-Y-F-U-N-D.com. Now back into the show. So with all that, that's just the setup stuff, right? Like what's the point of, you know, someone's trying to start a business and getting a business line of credit because the fact is you might be starting from scratch. We're all startups, right? We're all solo entrepreneurs or whatever. You start and you're like, I don't know if I've even got the you know, the ability to pay this back because, you know, I don't know if my business has got any, you know, worthiness right at the beginning. So how to how do you build that, I guess, confidence in yourself to go ask, to put your hand up and say, hey, I need money to help grow this business? Okay, so there's two solutions to that. And I call it the solve today's problem and then plan for the future. Sure. Okay, so as a startup, you obviously you have no cash flow. Yep. You have, hopefully you have at least a business plan in your mind, a good idea. <laughs> but, um what you can do if you have good personal credit, you have to have good personal credit, and I'm talking about 680 and above across the board, uh, you can get what's called the unsecured business financing. Mm-hmm. And that is up to $150,000 at 0% interest for 18 months. Wow. Now, that, now, what they are is basically high limit business credit cards at right. 0% interest. Right. Uh, and in the business world, you know how we work to get our, our, our limits increased on all our personal credit cards? In the business world, they'll double them in six months if you pay them right. Hmm. So you could get 150, turn into 300. Wow. And 0% for 18 months, you can do a lot of damage. <laughs> you can do a lot of damage. At 0%. So, so that's, that's solving t- what I call, I call that the Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. That's your Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. But you got to personally sign for that yep. because you have no business history. There's nothing to rely on. Right. Now, while you're doing that, start building up your business credit profile so the next time you need money, you don't sign for it. You put the application in through the business and let the business get approved. But I can tell you right now, if you've got one trade line reporting or two, you're not going to get anything. You're going to get mm. vendor accounts. Mm. But if Tra- you do a trade line, just, just to define that, what, what do you mean by that? I threw that out there to see if you'd ask me that. <laughs> so a trade line, how business credit works is – not similar to personal credit. What I mean by that is personal credit, your score is based on utilization and how new's the credit. And there, there's all these confusing factors that go into it. And half of them are counterintuitive to each other. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough credit, your score's down. Oh, that's too new of a credit, your score's down. Right. So, so it's, it's just the weirdest thing. Right. 
Business credit's based strictly on how you pay your bills. They don't care if you use 100% of your credit at all times. As long mm -hmm. as you're paying on time, your scores go up, your limits go up. So a trade line is a like where you're in the trade business, right? We're, we're in the, the whatever that trade is. They're reporting that, hey, I gave that company credit and they are paying me within the terms that I expect to be paid. That reports as a trade line. It's a, a credit line. It's the wrong word to use because then people get excited about credit lines, but it's a line that reports on your business credit report. Sure, sure. And every business should have at least between 10 and 25 of those reporting. And 99.999% do not. Interesting. Interesting. So what's, what's really funny is if you have no personal credit, none whatsoever, you're going to get what's called a no beacon, no score. Yep. Right? Just nothing's going to be there. So it's no negative. It's just nothing. You can build from there. In the business world, if you have nothing reporting, you automatically get a failing grade. <laughs> you're marked as high risk potential bankruptcy. You don't even know that's out there. Right. right. So you go to do work with the government, for example, the first thing they're going to pull is your business credit report. They're going to pull your DMV and they're going to see, oh, no paid X score whatsoever. High risk. Eh, not sure I want to do business with that. Mm. However, even one trade line, even one can take you from, let's say, a 28, which is failing, can take you to a 90, which makes you look solid. One trade line under $100 will do that for you. One. Which one is it? <laughs> uh, anyone. Well, I, I'll give you guys one. So there's, uh, we all are familiar with Amazon. And Amazon, by the way, does give business credit, but you need a certain amount of trade lines to get there. And I'm not going to share that secret, um, <laughs> but because that's what we teach. But I can tell you now, if you just started your business today, I'll go to quill.com, Q-U-I-L-L.com. They sell a million different products, mostly office products, but there's, there's things you can buy there. I mean, I hate to say this, but toilet paper, paper towels, it's right. something you're going to need for your business. Right, right. Uh, you're going to pay a little bit of a premium, small, maybe 5% more than what Amazon's going to charge you, maybe, maybe 10, uh, but they report on your business credit. Hmm. Now, here's the problem. I give that info out and people are like, yes, I can get my first trade line. And then they forget all the things I said earlier. Right. And Virtual office credit. and emails. You got and it. Phone numbers. Well, they may, they may even get approved, but here's the problem. All business credit is reported based on your address. Mm. So if you have five different addresses out there, okay, right, maybe you move, it's not going to show up. If you have PO box, it's definitely not going to show up. So you can end up buying from them thinking you have something reporting and it never reports. <laughs> Because you need to be clean. It all has to match. Yep. And then you have, to, you have to get what's called your DUNS number. You have to apply for that. Now, they're required by law to give it to you for free. They're required by law because they have a lock on it. It's a worldwide number. It's not just America that uses it. Every country, has, you have access to a DUNS number. D-U-N-E-S. D-U-N-S. D-U-N-S, DUNS. Okay. So who it is is Dun and Bradstreet. Mm -hmm. They okay. call it a DUNS number. Yep. Right. They're required to give that to you. However... This is where I slow down because the people in the cheap seats need to hear this. They have the best telemarketers in the world. The okay. minute you apply, they're going to start right then. Okay, Mr. Reed, we're going to get you your DUNS number. This is going to take anywhere between 60 and 90 days to get, but I have to tell you, you're probably never going to get approved for any credit because you don't have any credit. Here's what you need to do. We have a program for 1997. <laughs> All right, 1997, wow. and we're going to take you step by step through this process, which sounds good. Mm -hmm. If you don't buy it, they're going to scale that down to 497 or 597, whatever their number is, and you're going to pay them to verify that you are you. So, in other words, you're going to give them all the information. They're going to go, "Yep, he paid us the 500 bucks. That's him." <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. They're great. I want to hire all their people. Um, you don't need to do that. Once they figure out that you're not going to spend any money with you, you'll get that DUNS number like that. Got it. Once they figure it out. So and the issue is, although Dun & Bradstreet is the number one name. So by law, they have to give it to you without this whole hoopla. Or by law. Okay. By law. By Everyone law. listening out there, if you go pull it and you talk to them, say, screw you, mate. Give me a freaking thing. It's by law. <laughs> right. Or just say, I'm broke. I don't have any money. I don't even plan on doing business in the next 12 months. I just need my number for when I'm ready. Um, and, and don't say I said that. <laughs> but, uh, the problem with that is, and they're a great company, uh, that that's one credit report. That'd be like you having an 800 credit score in Experian and nothing on TransUnion or Equifax. Does right. you no good. Right, right. So now your middle score is zero, <laughs> right? Yeah, which, which, pull, yeah, which pulls you down, right? Right. No, it's just you're a zero. The most mortgage companies right. go by the middle sorry, score. Sorry. You're yeah, a zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
<laughs> Unfortunately, vendors check Dun & Bradstreet, lenders check Experian. Mm. You hear what I said? Vendors will check Dun & Bradstreet. Now, they all check them both, but there's weight, more weight put on Experian for lending, for real cash credit. Okay? The government checks uh, D&B or Dun & Bradstreet, and when you go for an SBA loan, they're going to pull your D&B report, which most people don't know either. And I can even give you another story. I know we're running out of time. I told you I'd like to talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, um, but anyway, the point is, don't pay them. Get your Dunn's number. Then you can get your Experian number, what's called your BINs number. Um, and don't dive too far into that because that'll just confuse people. It's free. And, and I guess the whole credit suite incorporated, you've been set up to, your, your company set up in terms of helping people navigate this 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 turbulent choppy waters of all this jargon with your dens numbers duns numbers bins numbers all the things and, and this is what you guys do right exactly we're an education company right but we also help you get funding so we have our one side which is education we're going to teach you how to get yourself set up then our other side we actually get you the money mm. so we is that separate- through lines of credit you guys start with your own you know that's it's, you know no. in-house or no. it's through third party no. full disclosure what happened was we were putting people in the program they were doing well and then they didn't know where to turn mm. So we've educated them. It's kind of like you get your history degree and then you're out. Now you have your degree, right? So we, we, it's almost like job placement. We're right. showing them where to go. It got to the point where we were spending so much time doing that. We were like, you know what? Let's just bring in our own finance team. We, 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 we're basically a third party. We're a broker. Yep. Uh, but we get so many loans funded that our rate's better than your rate if you go to them directly. Sure. We'll be sure. able to save yep. our customers money. Yep. Um, so, so it's two separate companies. I'd like to focus on the education because this is where everybody's falling down. Yep. Right? Uh, if you go through this program, I just had somebody get approved for this. They, they went to apply for an SBA. Their credit was okay. Their cash flow was okay. Not great, but their business credit score was so high. They got an instant hundred thousand dollar approval. The lender had never seen that before. Hmm. The lender, the broker, the loan officer said, can you please explain to me how you got approved so quickly and so high? And he laughed. He said, business credit. And she said, what is business credit? This is a loan officer. Right had no idea because underwriters don't share that information. The difference between the personal world and the, and the commercial world is in the personal world, they have to send you a letter with denial and why mm. it may say your credit score. It may say too many collections, whatever in the commercial world. They not only don't tell you the banks will fire them. If they do, mm. they are not required to disclose anything to you. Their underwriting criteria, why you got denied. They just say, well, just, you know, come to us in six months and we'll see if it goes through. <laughs> So, so you're running around blind, and right. we had we had one couple that they got 1.4 million dollars in funding after they've been turned down 30 times. It was one thing that was wrong: their phone number was wrong. That was it. Was it. Their was phone it. number. It's, it, it, the, it is it just you know one dumb question? Is it when you go you got all this crap out there? You know, phone numbers and addresses. Once you once you stabilize it into one package where everything's congruent across all platforms. Is there, a, is, it a, is there a vesting time or a seasoning time that you need that up there? Or is it just instantly, oh, I've done it yesterday, back to the back to the credit, boom, got it. Well, obviously things have to update. So sure, obviously your sure, National sure. 411 database has to listen. That takes a certain amount of time. And look, there are, banks have these other built-in fail-safes, which is, you mentioned at the top, are you in business for two years? Mm-hmm. No, you're not, we're going to deny you. It's not really a hard, fast rule though. What it is, is their escape hatch. Right. Everything else is messed up and you're not in business two years, you're out. Screwed, yep, got it. Right, got it, got but it, got if it. everything looks solid and you have this great business credit report and you're not in business two years, that's a mitigating circumstance. Mm-hmm. They're gonna look at you know solid company, they're professional, they've got their website, they're blah, blah, they got revenue. You know what, let's let's reconsider our two year. I've seen people get approved that we're under two years. Interesting. Uh, a lot actually. So there's, you know, it's a moving target yep. and, and relations change constantly, but there is more funding for businesses now than there was even five years ago. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's crazy how quickly that industry has grown and um, also adds to a whole nother story of like what's going on with the world economy and businesses being overvalued when they're not actually making bloody money. Like even we're not even going to get into that, but <laughs> it's very interesting that Credit Suite is out there that, that you guys are, are the sort of the beacons are trying to lead people through this turbulent world of business credit when you're trying to start a business because it's the cool new hip thing to do that everyone's an entrepreneur, right? So everyone needs access to financing. Well, and that's it. And the problem is, look, I remember when I was in school and we were when we were hammer chipping on rocks. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't that long ago, but <laughs> um, you know, we certainly did paper. They taught us how to manage a checkbook. Yep. School. I learned how to manage a checkbook. Um, 
nobody's ever taught this to anyone. Even mm-hmm. in college, colleges have, have you know, classes. They you get your master's degree in business. But I, I talk to people all the time. I go, you never heard of business credit? Right. No. What's what's business credit? And they all think the same thing. Oh, line of credit for my business? No. Your business has its own profile. It's an individual. Interesting. Interesting. And yet here you are putting your family at risk, signing for everything personally. Yep. No, I know it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it, it takes someone like yourself. You're out there educating. It's a it's a really you've you've opened my mind in terms of the business that I do uh, on the side, which is obviously real estate investing. But um. Very, very interesting stuff, mate. What, what is, I guess, the the future for in you know a couple of minutes? You know, we've got, got a couple of minutes left here for Credit Suite um, moving forward. What, what are you sort of? What, what's the next horizon that you just keep educating, keep growing? What, what is it? Well, yeah, because the, it's an untapped market, mm. pretty much. Nobody else is talking about it. Very few are talking about it, and the ones that are are our partners, people <laughs> that we've trained. Um, this company start, is a real, it was started by a guy who, had, who was in the mortgage business when I was in the real estate business. So he lost everything and he found out about this. He was like, why didn't I know about this? Mm. I didn't know about this. I'd still be in business. I wouldn't have lost my house. I wouldn't have lost everything that I lost. So he felt it was his calling to go out and tell the world about it. Um, so we're not even close to tapping one one thousandth of the market that we can reach. We're doing a lot of live events now. We're doing joint venture webinars. So we're teaching people you know, via webinar. Uh, and I just see us being over a hundred million, not in funding, just in the education. And then it could, who knows where it goes from there. there. And, and, we're, and we're always adding things like we're, we're talking about, um, I can't even really share it, but something that helps, uh, businesses or people, potential business owners get started even registering their business, like, like taking them yep. from inception to, to here. Yep. To step uh, one. And, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's the guy, you said the guiding light, the beacon, that takes people through because a lot of people, myself included, I remember starting an LLC company who had no freaking properties because I just thought I went to one seminar and I need to start an LLC company. Like, it was just, it was crazy. Like I didn't even need it. Like I've made mistakes back in the day. Oh, I need to, I need this in an LLC. It's like, Reed, you're not worth anything. Why do you need, what are you protecting right? You don't even have a property. Why are you about that? now when people ask me about that, I'm like, do you even have a property yet? No, you don't be quiet. Go find it. You'll get it set up. It takes 30 seconds. You're fine. You know, like, I, I waited until I had five. Whenever I had five, I'd start an LLC and there those five would go in the LLC. And there then another five, those five went to an LLC. It's just all these practices that you're at a seminar, you get taught and all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, crap, I've got to go do that. And you haven't done step A, B, C yet. You're already at step D. You know what I right. mean? So yeah, no, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Mate, I'd love to continue talking to you for the rest of the hour, but I do have to be respectful of your time. Um, at the end of every show, I like to get into the top five investing tips. You ready to do it? I am. Let's do it. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Okay, when I was real estate investing, we're talking about. No, just today. Oh, oh, I'm, listen, I'm old school. I, uh, I I write everything down. Yep. I literally start with, these are my priorities. Look at that. My I'm writing priority. everything down in a, in a pen and paper. <laughs> I, I was on a stage, and I'll real quick tell you this. I was just on a stage, and they put me up on a stage with all these young people, and they said, tell us about your favorite app. <laughs> Wait, I said, um... You're talking about what? Onion rings? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm old school. I keep a notepad and a pen with me at all times. So there you go. That's how I stay organized. That's, That's my awesome. start. That's awesome. Who's the most influential person in your career to date? In my career? I have to say it was my father just because yeah. of the work ethic. Yeah. Um, but when we're talking about when we're talking about this particular industry, um, I spent a lot of time watching TED Talks. Mm-hmm. To understand the emotion coming across because i know i talk really 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 fast <laughs> so uh obviously i watch tony robbins everybody brings him out but um i there's not one individual i watch them all and i kind of meld all that into mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. how i preach so but, but i think from, if, you know i would have said your dad if I, if, if I was a betting man i would be like dad because he's yeah you know, he set the foundation right to to make you you know the grind absolutely so. there's i could not there's not that man worked i don't know how he's still alive i mean he just worked and worked and worked and, and he loves it Right, 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 right. So there right, you right. go. Um, this is going to be, I'm going to throw you a curveball here, but you, uh, what is the most influential tool in your business? Now, it could be hardware or it could be software related. And when I say hardware, it could be a physical product or a thing uh, or, or or an app, as we just talked about. You might have a, soft, Actually, a cool software. this is a really easy answer, believe it or not. We're using it right now. Yep, Zoom. Zoom yep. has completely changed the way I do business. I'm blown away by it. 
It is. I think it's the greatest awesome. invention ever. It is pretty awesome. It, you know, Skype started it, but then Zoom was so it's you have to have a Skype account and blah, blah, blah. it's like you can just join it and it's 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 easy. No, it's I the love greatest it. thing ever. I love it. Love it. Um, in in you know you're in your fifties, mate. You're going to get a little bit older. In fast forward a little bit into what you know, you're 80 years old. You got your grandkids by your side, and and you look at them and you say, one piece of advice from a failure that you've had in your career, and it might you might have already had that failure. What would that failure be, and what did you learn? What's the piece of advice would you give to your grandkids? Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Love it. And, and here's here's what I mean by that. Certainly, you listen. I know the Gordon Gecko greed is good, um, but. When you have enough, the rest should be based on love. You should mm-hmm. love what you're doing, and that's why you're doing it. If you have enough, don't say, I need to be a billionaire just for the sake I want to be a billionaire right. because that's what caused my downfall. Yes. I was chasing ego, not reality, and and that will destroy you every time. I, I get it. Everybody wants to be what they want to be, but there's there's there better be some love for what you're doing behind that or you're going to fail. Because no, I, I didn't have that love, so I didn't keep going. I was like, forget it. I'm done. No, I, I – and- Ego is, it's always this, it's this common underlying thread. Ego, ego, ego. Why, why? Like I talked to someone the other day. They have 20,000 units, multifamily units. 20,000. I, I have I have 1,700 right now, which is awesome. He's like, oh, I want to get to 50,000 in the next five years. Why? What's the what's your why behind, you know, 1, 1.5 times in what you've currently got? And just, he couldn't answer. Uh, without, couldn't answer. without exposing myself to the IRS, um, <laughs> You know, 300 homes bring in an average of $300 profit per month every month. You do the math. Yeah. Right? You said, yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. Like, uh, you, you can go sit on whatever island you want to go sit on for, for a long period of time, right? Wasn't good enough. Yep. Yep. Was no, I, you know what? I really wanted my name, Weibel, on a big 27-story building in downtown Philadelphia. That's really what my goal was. Mm-hmm. And what a ridiculous goal. But but in saying that, it's as you grow, as we mature, your goals change and your North Star, your North, what you're rowing towards changes all the time. And I think it's really important as entrepreneurs and, and your story in particular that you just, you keep, you're, you're evolving, you're surfing, you're surfing that wave of, of uncertainty. And, and as, as technology changes, as things changes, as your perspective changes, it's really important. Mate, love what you've been doing. Uh, last question for you. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be involved in your sphere. Where do they go? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. They can go to creditsuite.com. That's S-U-I-T-E dot com. You don't have to do anything. Don't buy anything. Download our free four-step guide. Sure. It's going to get you started with some of the things we discussed. It We, we discussed, not discussed it. <laughs> um, it's right on the homepage. Uh, you're not going to get blasted. Just just download the guide and get started. We give away a ton of free information. Our YouTube channel is just ridiculous, 4,000 videos. Um, <laughs> so learn. Learn as much as you can, uh, but take advantage of all the free information we give. Creditsuite.com. Creditsuite.com. Awesome. We'll have that in the show notes today. Um, mate, thank you so much for jumping on today's show. I just want to quickly summarize some of the things that I've taken away from the conversation with you. I think the big thing for me is that you ooze uh, grind, you know, like you're a grinder. It just from from you from young that, that story of being in, in the basement with your dad, getting chemicals everywhere. You know, just understanding the word grind and understanding that you're you're not afraid to roll up the sleeves and make it happen. And that's something so important that a lot of entrepreneurs today don't have. Um, and and it does take you know, your story is such an example of you've gone from pillar to post to pillar to post, but you've taken many many years to get to the successes that you've had, the highs and the lows. Um, but that also comes with you know with you talk about ego, you know, and and making sure that being don't be greedy and 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 making sure that you checking your ego at the door and don't try and have you know shoot for the stars but it's okay if that 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 star changes and it's not as the the, the name on a 27 story building in downtown philadelphia it, it changes to something else that hey i've got 300 port- units in a portfolio i'm good you know but i also love what you said before is that you didn't know what you didn't you weren't doing what you love and you're now doing what you love and it's taken your entire career to get to that point which is a real testament to you because you kept learning, you kept fall, falling forward, you kept wanting to adapt and, and keep surfing that wave until you found something. And I can really see the passion coming through this interview right now. But um, mate, did I, did, I, did I miss anything out there? No, you pretty much embarrassed me completely. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, and you know what? Let's add this one more thing. Sure. Don't give, don't give up because don't give up. Yep. I, if you'd have asked me if I wanted to speak on a stage 10 years ago, I'd have laughed at you. Mm-hmm. I, I, but what are you, crazy? Um, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, man. Yeah. 
So be prepared for it. Get your business credit up. But honestly, <laughs> you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I, I wake up every day. I'm excited. Mm. Every day I'm excited. That's that's just an awesome feeling. That is awesome, mate. That is truly awesome. Yeah, no, I think that is important. Don't give up. And that's what you what you um, what you ooze. Well, again, thank you so much for dropping by today. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will catch up very very soon. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Another cracking episode jam-packed with some really incredible advice and some actionable steps about Steve's story. Remember to head over to creditsuite.com. We'll have that all in the show notes up on my website as well on reedgoosens.com. I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to tune in, to give me, uh, to learn, to grow your financial IQ. The best way to give back to this show is giving us a review on iTunes. And remember, we're going to do this all again next week. So be bold, be brave. And remember, go give life a crack. Go give life a crack.